You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. This is something that has been advertising in the markets since the end of December. That's Kevin Epstein, Vice President of Proofpoint's Threat Operations Center. We're discussing two bits of research with him today. The first is Black TDS, a traffic distribution tool for sale in dark web markets. A little later in the show, he'll tell us about ThreadKit, a document exploit builder. But first, more on Black TDS. Traffic direction systems, TDSs, are systems that can uh, look at your your browser and uh, the place you're coming from and effectively in, in legitimate uh, uses, uh, choose to then show you different ads or, or different web pages based on, on your locale and your system. Um, this makes great sense in a legal standpoint. You'd, you'd want to see uh, different uh, web pages on your mobile device versus your, your laptop, for example. But unfortunately, in this scenario, it's being used for illegitimate purposes. In other words, um, people are being lured uh, to click on a link and then redirected to a site that will do malicious things to them um, based on their device. 
So take us through exactly uh, what are they offering for sale here uh, on these uh, dark web markets? So the, the primary service, Black TDS, is just this routing service. Think of it as a, a procurement service where someone stops you in the street, assesses you, uh, understands you know where your wallet is, uh, and, and then directs you to the appropriate venue to be mugged, pickpocketed, or whatever. Uh, the various sites that people are directed to range from those uh, that attempt to load um, ransomware onto systems or uh, software that can monitor keystrokes or software that can intercept usernames and passwords. Really, the sky's the limit. If I'm a bad guy looking to to set up uh, my, my service, you know, the, the bad things I want to do, um, what part of that will this play? Is this just one, one of the components that I need, or do, are these folks offering kind of a, a soup-to-nuts service? Um, this is one of the several components, and again, to use a physical world analogy, if you want to extract money from people, there, there are lots of ways of doing that illegally, um, some more subtle, like pickpocketing, um, some more, uh, more obvious and direct, like kidnapping you and holding you for ransom. Um, the attackers have to choose their, their weapon of choice, if you will. Are they going to con you by sending you to a fake pharmacy page and persuading you to pay money for fake drugs? Are they going to be more direct, send you to a page that loads ransomware on your computer and holds your computer for hostage? Uh, are they going to be you know, sneaky spies and send you to a page that, that sneaks a, a spyware onto your computer and then captures usernames and passwords to your bank account? So they need to choose their, their weapon. And then they also lease this service that, again, acts like a procurement agent sort of standing out in a, in a safe place and routing people accordingly based on uh, their susceptibility to these different weapons, to these different attacks. And so uh, from a basic point of view, how would I find myself routed by this tool? The bad news is you'd probably never know. Hmm. So imagine yourself uh, browsing the web. Uh, if you clicked the wrong advertisement or in an email, uh, there might be an email solicitation uh, for something interesting and you click the link and instead of taking you to what you thought was a legitimate site, right, your, your tour guide has offered to give you a tour of the, of the back alleys uh, and instead of uh, an interesting new site, uh, you end up in a very dangerous place. And sometimes you may not even realize it. Um, sometimes the attack is performed as what's called a drive-by, meaning you'd click the link, you're the link would say, come visit this new travel site. Uh, your browser would open in the background as your browser attempted to load the site. The TDS would, the traffic direction system would send you your browser to a site that would load some nasty things onto your system and then on to the legitimate travel site. The only difference would be perhaps a second or two in, uh, in end page load time. Now, when you say uh, nasty stuff that might load on my system, what are we typically talking about here? So in a, in a so-called drive-by download or in a, a web-based attack, uh, you might see anything loaded on your, again, your laptop or your cell phone, uh, ranging from the very obvious uh, ransomware. I think it, at this point, everyone's unfortunately familiar with the, the concept of happily browsing the web and suddenly your, your system locks up and displays a screen that says all of your files have been encrypted, please pay us money to get them back. Or you might encounter something far more subtle. Uh, you, you might never know that something had been loaded on your system, but behind the scenes, 
it was capturing your bank account uh, username and password. And the first time you recognize this is when you log into your bank account and your balance has been reduced to six cents. Uh, and the bank happily informs you that you transferred a, a large sum of money to a, a place you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take us through uh, what are some of the pop-ups that they're serving up with the service? So one of the things just in general, web browsing, that, that people should be suspicious of is that often attackers need your assistance to complete the attack. So as you browse the web, uh, a pop-up might say, uh, gosh, we haven't found a Java plugin, Java 8.0, or you're missing a Windows font pack dot VBS, uh, or uh, gosh, you, you, uh, you don't have the latest antivirus or spyware protection, ironically enough. <laughs> you know, click this pop-up to install that. Uh, or the Adobe Flash Player, you're missing the appropriate player, click to install. In general, anytime you see a pop-up, uh, it's much safer to close the browser window, go directly to the supposed vendor site. So for example, if it says your Adobe is out of date, close that window, go visit Adobe's website, make sure you're up to date with their latest player from their website, <laughs> and then go back to the page. If it's still popping up a, an error, uh, gosh, you might not want to be there. <laughs> right. Now, you are also seeing some spam campaigns. They were taking people to uh, to pharmaceutical sites, things like that? Absolutely. So uh, if, you're, uh, if your browser is judged by the attacker's uh, traffic direction system as being really well-protected, well-locked-down, they're not going to give up on you. They'll still try and extract money via uh, social tactics versus direct uh, uh, binary tactics. We have seen a number of, of generic pharmacy sites uh, attempting to, to sell people um, so-called generic Viagra uh, or the super discount pack of Viagra. Uh, again, uh, we've not personally tested this, but a number of us have a, a reasonable degree of suspicion that if you put your, your credit card in, um, you would not actually be receiving the products advertised and certainly not any form of, of Viagra. So really just uh, put up there to harvest your credit card information. Uh, and and charge you money, exactly. Right, uh, right. So what are your recommendations for how people can protect themselves against this? So in general, we, we tend to, to urge the same thing that uh, one would say to anyone approaching a big city, which is, number one, be reasonably cautious and use common sense. And number two, uh, you still want to lock your door at night. Translated for computers, uh, number one, if something looks too good to be true, if, uh, if a website is popping up things it wants you to accept, anytime anything asks you to click to enable, click to install, click to accept, be very suspicious right there. In addition, again, on the locking your door theme, be sure that you have uh, both individual protection on your computer in the sense of, of antivirus software uh, and malware protection software, and that if you're working within an organization, that it, it of course, also has uh, defenses as well uh, for the organization in terms of inbound email and or web browsing. Again, I think the, the most important thing is probably the hardest to quantify, which is that most of the successful attacks we see these days depend on the target person, uh, us, your uh, cooperation with the attacker. The attackers have gotten quite good at social engineering to encourage all of us to click. If we were all sufficiently suspicious, 
the uh, infection rates and compromise rates would be radically reduced. Uh, if you open an office document and it says click to enable, uh, don't. Um, if you are, again, visiting a website and it asks you to install a plugin, download something, enable something, uh, you, you, you may be enabling the attacker more than you are enabling your uh, web experience. So really, really do encourage people to, to recognize that uh, you know, the Internet is a big city. <laughs> we are but tourists. <laughs> Let us exercise caution accordingly. Yeah, it's an interesting analogy. Um, I want to switch gears with you a little bit and touch on another bit of research that you all have been working on at Proofpoint. This was called Unraveling ThreadKit. Uh, can you give us a description? Uh, what were you working on here? ThreadKit is is one of the useful things for attackers, not so great for the rest of us. As we've talked about in the past, if you are an attacker, uh, you need a lot of pieces of your attack. I mean, just, just like the physical world, again, if you're going to ro go rob a bank, you're going to need a getaway card, you're going to need some weaponry, uh, disguises, maybe, maybe a safe-cracking uh, set of tools. If you are a cyber attacker, you're going to need a way to deliver your threat. Uh, you're going to need um, the actual malware or software that, uh, uh, that gets into someone's computer and then the software that sits on their computer and reports back to you, steals their password, et cetera. These things are uh, possible to put together yourself, but uh, attackers have, have uh, made a multi-level business out of this. And so ThreatKit is a, a way of very quickly uh, building hostile um, Microsoft uh, documents uh, to uh, be attached to email and uh, delivered to you uh, as an end user, which then install nasty things. Describe to us uh, what is the campaign been with ThreadKit and uh, how exactly does it work? If you picture yourself as a, an innocent end user, uh, you, if you're unlucky, will occasionally receive emails, possibly even purporting to be from people you know, with a very important document attached, perhaps an invoice, or, uh, or uh, you know, open this quickly, it's a legal notice, et cetera. When you double-click that document, it opens uh, and may or may not display an enable button, but usually will have either some statement about Microsoft Word has encountered a problem and needs to close, or uh, it's a blank document. It's not what you were expecting. Meanwhile, in the background, uh, malware is being installed thanks to your clicking on that document and starting the installation process. The ThreadKit kit is a, a kit for an attacker, think of it as a toolkit, where they enter uh, certain choices and uh, the, the kit then produces as output this type of uh, evil Word document or, or evil, uh, evil attachment for email. So, you know, click, yeah, that's interesting. So you can uh, choose from column A, choose from column B, depending on what you're trying to set out to do with the people you're looking to victimize. Exactly. And you don't need to write sophisticated computer code. Uh, you, you don't need to be a, a hardcore, uh, hardcore engineer. Uh, if you, you, too, want to send people uh, nasty malware, you can do it at the click of a button. 
Yeah, there was an interesting uh, thing that you all noticed, uh, digging into some of the technical details. Uh, in October of 2017, you all discovered an interesting technique uh, that this uses to locate a parent document um, to avoid hard coding it. I, I, can you dig into what, what exactly was going on here? If you want to get malware in someone's computer, the hard way to do it is to pack it all into one big document. And you think of think of showing up at someone's door uh, where you want to sneak something into their house. If you're carrying a suitcase, it's a lot easier to spot you, especially if the suitcase has the same writing on it all the time on the side in big red letters. You know, this is dangerous. Uh, all you need to do is train people, or in this case, uh, antivirus programs, to look for that signature, and they'll stop it. Um, what the ThreadKit builders did was uh, create effectively sort of a small briefcase with a, a callout um, that uh, that in a very smart way uh, then figures out how to reach back outside and grab the rest of the things it needs uh, and load them in by itself. Um, specifically, uh, it uh, it can change the name of what it's looking for. So again, if you're an antivirus program, it's uh, more challenging to spot this happening, uh, to, to find a, a so-called signature um, for, uh, for the bad stuff being loaded. So again, in terms of people protecting themselves against this sort of thing, is it really uh, the standard uh uh, looking out for uh, for rogue Microsoft Office documents? Uh, yes, and at the same time, hardly that simple. So mm. uh, on the one side, absolutely, if, uh, if none of us ever opened uh, email attachments, the relative infection rate would probably drop. But of course, as part of business, we, we send each other email with document attachments all the time. Mm. Uh, part of it is social engineering. Again, if you receive something from someone where you were not expecting an attachment, uh, or if you open an attachment and it does something unexpected, it claims that it uh, encountered a problem or it uh, asks you to enable uh, macros or something like that, then you should be suitably suspicious and report it to IT immediately. Um, that said, uh, because documents will be sent, because documents will be opened, it is also necessary to have both on your local system software that looks for suspicious behavior, and outside of your system, uh, software that is examining the network traffic to and from your computer, so that when, if you get infected by one of these things, and it tries to load more malware onto your system, um, that behavior can be, can be observed and blocked. So looking at the big picture with these, uh, these malware-as-a-service offerings, um, what do you think that this that this indicates? I mean, this this a couple of things strike me. First of all, that um, that the bad guys, rather than doing the bad things themselves, are selling these kits to do the bad things. That's interesting. Um, but then also, if you're, I guess the 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 cost of entry to be able to do these things has gone way down because other people are willing to step up and do the technical work for you. Absolutely correct. Make no mistake. Cybercrime is a huge business. It is a sophisticated, multi-level, uh, uh, comparable to any major uh, entity or entities around the world business. Um, they have supply chains, just as a large company would depend on specialty manufacturers for certain elements, uh, so do the attackers. There are uh, folks who specialize in creating malware. There are folks, folks who specializing in building kits, 
There are folks who specialize in the emailing of uh, large volumes of email, folks who specialize in creating target lists of potential recipients, you name it. Um, again, this is all about the money. If, if you want to know attack trends, just apply the same rules as you would to any business. Look for the best return on your investment. For instance, when ransomware emerged, it provided a very high return uh, relative to other types of attacks. It was relatively simple malware to create. It did not require lots of targeting, and it was direct money from each recipient. As people grew better at blocking ransomware and as uh, People grew more cynical about paying the ransoms, not believing they would get their files back. The return on that investment dropped for attackers, and we saw a commensurate uh, fall in ransomware and increases in other forms of malware, such as uh, cyber currency miners. I would, again, simply back to your comment about business, I would emphasize cybercrime is a business. If you can make it more expensive for the cyber criminal to successfully attack you, versus the next possible target, uh, you will be reasonably successful in your defense. Just like living in a big city, uh, it, it's not about making your apartment invulnerable, it's about making it harder to break into than an easier target. That's that old joke about if you and I are being chased by a bear, I don't have to outrun the bear, I just have to outrun you. The, the bear theory unfortunately applies to the world of security, it is true. Our thanks to Kevin Epstein from Proofpoint for joining us. You can learn more about Black TDS and ThreadKit on the Proofpoint website. It's in their blog section. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. The Cyberwire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>